Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chain Fry. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Heckelman, founder and CEO of WLH Consulting. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and select the notification. That way, you'll never miss an episode. Last week, we completed our series on what organizations do to create a more diverse, equitable, an inclusive culture in response to the national dialogue on racism and social justice. We like to think of organizational commitment to DEI on a spectrum that starts with awareness of individual and group biases and then moves into assessment of organizational practices and culture. And based on these insights, move to deliberate action. At the organizational level, senior leaders must clearly communicate, model, and reinforce the values and beliefs and culture they want to create. And after assessing poor work practices and systematic inequalities, senior leaders must adapt policy and take a definitive stance against all inequities. At the manager employee level, managers need to create a team culture that is inclusive, equitable, and welcomes diversity of thought. And at the individual level, the focus turns to supporting individual awareness of bias, as well as behavior change regarding what employees need to create a culture of equity and inclusivity. Today, we are starting a three-part series on applying lessons learned from the arts and sports arena to create a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive culture. I am so pleased to be joined here today by Maya Lawrence, who is a member of the Alliance Theater and is doing some breakthrough work to help organizations and their leaders through the cycle of awareness, assessment, and action. It is a pleasure to have you on our show today. Can you please share a little bit of background for our guests? Yes, thank you, Wendy. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with your audience. Um, I am originally from Queens, New York and have been living in Atlanta for the last eight years. I am an alumna of Spelman College and uh, made my way from Spelman to the Alliance Theater as a Spelman Leadership Fellow. Um, and since then have been, have been using the theater and the principles of theater towards the collective change in our culture towards empathy and towards relating to each other on a very human level through our storytelling. When did the Alliance take an interest in working with organizations through their DEI journey? What changed and where did that focal point begin? Yeah, so the mission of the Alliance Theater is expanding hearts and minds on stage and off. And our focus has always been on changing hearts and minds and the various ways that we can do that. And so once we began looking at not only how are we achieving that goal through our productions and through our classes and our camps for families across Atlanta, um, we also wanted to focus in on the first part of our mission, which is Atlanta's national theater. And so how can we, as a theater, use the lifeblood and the legacy of Atlanta being the birthplace of the civil rights movement and use that 
with our mission of expanding the way that people interact in this world. And so we began um, specifically working with other organizations through our Alliance at Work program founded by Jay Noble five years ago in 2015. Um, and that was using these, like, these theater skills within different organizations on strategic storytelling or radical collaboration. Um, and then we began to shift towards how can we work in this sphere of being more civil and respectful about two years ago and have this year really tailored it toward this work of diversity, inclusion, and equity as we are on our own journey of zeroing in there as well. I'm so aware of the work that Jay Noble and the Alliance is doing and the Alliance at Work. And one of the things that's so amazing, it is whatever revenues are generated, are give back and transferred in literacy in the community, which is so bad. When we spoke, you mentioned that the Alliance offers skill building workshops to engage business leaders. So what was the inspiration behind this initiative and how does it map to the DEI journey of awareness assessment and action? I would say the inspiration actually came out of the Me Too movement and Time's Up movement and it was around that time when we, there was this global awareness of sexual harassment and power dynamics and how that was affecting people's way of life in business and in, in our workplaces. And so we, that's when we first began our shift towards trying to build cultures of respect and civility. And that's what inspired me on creating this path specifically towards addressing systemic racism and anti-bias. Um, and I would say when we talk about the arc of first becoming aware of what's happening, um, we're trying to, in building this culture, of allyship and being allies, which is really just a network of accountability and other people holding each other accountable towards this commitment of doing better and learning to do better and being held accountable to being able to see that change being made. So we use our Actors Toolkit, um, which is being present, connected, authentic, curious, and intentional to build those pillars of that culture of allies, which is that inclusion, that diversity, equity, and justice. And so when I think about awareness, it's about building this pillar of inclusion, which is just making space for people to be their authentic selves. And we use this tool of curiosity to mind those details of what makes a person who they are. And everything is connected to the theater because that's what we do, right? And so people want to see three-dimensional characters come alive on stage or on the film. No one wants to see that one-dimensional thing that doesn't isn't believable. And so how can we use that same tool of curiosity to help people bring the details of who they are and be their three-dimensional selves in the playing fields or in the workforce the same way as the actor does. So that's building that awareness and then using that curiosity to dig even deeper, add context of who we are and how we're existing. And taking that inventory is that diversity. How are all the ways that we're showing up in the world? And then we use our 
tools of being intentional um, to talk about and analyze the obstacles that are in place that limit our ability to show up as our authentic selves and step into our natural power that we have as people. And that's that assessment, being able to analyze what are the obstacles happening. And in theater or as an actor, we're often outlining what are the obstacles in the story? What is keeping our hero from completing their journey? And then we plot out these intentional choices, our strategies, our tactics to dismantle those obstacles and achieve our objectives. And that's that justice, that's that action. What can we do? What's the action plan in overcoming those obstacles? So having worked in corporate America for nearly 30 years, particularly in the pharmaceutical and life sciences industry, using theater, right? Because leadership presence is critical. Um, emotional intelligence is critical. Storytelling is so paramount. And we know that um, in terms of the day-to-day -day work we do. But in this DEI journey, have corporations and organizations been receptive to the toolkit? And if so, what's been their favorite part of the experience from your perspective? What we realized is that we're working with people. We are people working with people, no matter what your industry is. And there is a quote from the London School of Economics. It says, in the past, jobs were about muscles. Now they're about brains, and in the future, they'll be about the heart. And so how do we capitalize on our human capital, who we are, our hearts, what makes us the people that we're working with? And so every organization that we work with wants to tap into what makes us human and how can we create a supportive environment where we're able to maximize our natural abilities. And I would say one of the things that really connects with people when we're doing this work and equity, diversity, and inclusion can be really scary. It can be really daunting or intimidating. And what people connect to in our trainings is the opportunity to just be themselves and have a space to be able to do that in front of people that they're spending so much time with, more time than they are with their own families. And there was one training where there was someone in the group who, in the beginning, we kind of do a check-in with each other of just reintroducing who we are um, and asking some probing questions about that in a very uh, fun way, as theater is, through game. And it was revealed that someone in that group has been called a nickname that they don't like for the entire time that they've been at the organization. And no one in the group knew that they didn't like it. They just heard other people call them that the nickname and assume that that's what it was. But when we're able to take time to pause and really take inventory of who is in the room, how they show up, what they enjoy, what they don't, we're able to then create genuine connections that allow people to show up at work and be their most effective, authentic selves. And we give people the tools to tailor their organization to what those people specifically need. Theater is all about reacting in the moment, being connected, being present to what's in front of you, as opposed to using the same template that's been 
in, in our industries since the industrial age and even before. And so how can we help people be able to really take a second, slow down, and interact with what's happening in front of them in the moment? So, so in real time, they're becoming aware of how they show up. They're also doing some inspection, right, in terms of how others experience them. I mean, I love what you said about the future is going to be at hurt. And it's as we've been struggling as a nation in the last six, seven months with all these convergent forces, some people have been more introspective and some people have also been shut down. And I guess my question to you is when you're working with organizations and you talked about really using all the tools in the actor's toolkit, you know, how do you help them kind of non-aware to make some real deliberate action and make person to lean into creating a more diverse, equitable, inclusive workspace? You know, what, what is that sort of special sauce from your perspective? Yeah. So I think some people are afraid to approach the conversation, but I've realized everything we ever really want is on the other side of our greatest fear. And so we are using our tools as actors to create and reimagine what the conversation is and what the desired outcome is as well. And talking about difference doesn't create the differences. It's digging into those differences that actually gives an opportunity to find where those differences intersect. And we bring people into a space that is centered on theater, it's centered, centered on our stories, we recognize that we are our stories. We are living out our stories. And when we give our ourselves the opportunity to value our individual story, then we also give people an opportunity to see where their story intersects with the grand picture of the society that we're living in. And as we're making those intentional choices for ourselves, we're able to make that connection to see how that choice can affect the culture around us. I think about when we talk about diversity, it's simply talking about the different ways that we're existing in the world. When we talk about inclusion, it's having a conversation of what are the different ways that aren't present around us right now. And when we talk about equity, it's what are the strategies we can implement to make sure that those missing perspectives are present around us? And what accommodations are we going to make to get that perspective that we recognize we're lacking? And you're really talking about building and shaping culture. Our core philosophies at WLH is to shape culture. You have to really define those beliefs and values, but provide those experiences for people to have them. So my really what you're talking about is what organizations need to do to lean into creating a culture of diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. And one of the things we feel so strongly about at WLH and why we started this podcast series on DEI is that we believe to deliberately transform culture it starts at core beliefs and values. So what are the core beliefs and values that an organization is going to establish for diversity, equity, and inclusion? But then the catch is leaders 
as all employees need to create experiences to help shape those beliefs and values. I really believe there's a lot of synergy to what you're talking about, our belief structure here, and why we, we feel that it's really critical to continue this conversation and give our clients and organizations skills. We move beyond awareness, beyond assessment to true action. So the last piece you talked about a little earlier was allyship. So can you talk a little bit more about why allyship is so critical to moving that needle in action to businesses? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're in a time where there are five generations existing in a workplace at once. And so what changes are you making to accommodate that? That is unprecedented. And so it demands a very specific and authentic approach to the way that your workplace lives. And then I think we talk about minorities, but the people that make up minorities are now the global majority. So what accommodations are you making to acknowledge the global impact of the cultures that are present around you. And then I think about right now, this very moment, the fact that we're Zooming and this is our lifestyle. We're in one of the most polarizing and devastating times in history. And if you aren't making space for people to be human right now, to be those full-time caregivers that they are right now, to pay attention to their physical and mental and emotional health, then you're going to lose that human capital. You're going to lose that advantage in our world right now. And I think allyship is that commitment to acknowledging who you are as a person, but also what privileges are connected to your identity and how that fits into the grand scheme of our society. And then making that commitment, I think about allyship in the same way I think about any relationship. It is you working on yourself and then making a commitment to encourage others to do the same and holding each other accountable. And it becomes this network of accountability of people that are saying, hey, I wanna do better. I'm not good at this, but you are. And finding those connections to support each other Iron sharpens iron, and it's creating a culture where people are curious, where people are making intentional choices, and they're being authentic about what they know, what they don't know, and how they can do better. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, because I would translate allyship to talking about 100% accountability. Um, you're empowered, but you also have oversight, because you're holding each other accountable right, for the greater good of your team, your organization, society, and in the collective, um, which I think is really the message here, that everybody has a role to play and can move down this journey together. Um, Maya, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show and to apply your lessons learned to our audience and business professionals. So I want to ask you one final question. What lessons learned from your work should business leaders immediately apply to their organizations? Allyship, I really want to focus on that ship part, and ships are transportation. This is a journey, and you're never fully arriving at a destination. It is, a, like you're saying, a spectrum, and we're constantly going throughout the spectrum. 
Um, and so allow yourself that grace to make those mistakes and encourage that courage and that bravery to know when those mistakes are being made and create room for the feedback because we're gonna mess up, we're humans. And part of the growing process is when you have someone else who says, hey, the way that you did this really hurt me. And knowing that, you know what, that's an opportunity to do better. That's not a call out on me as a person. That is my opportunity to do better. And I think we have inherited so many practices and protocols and traditions. And this is a time of where we're creating this new normal. So allow yourself to redefine what a new tradition, what a new margin is, what is a new way of thinking. That's what I love about theater. We start off with visions and imagination, and then we are creating something in real time that is tangible, that is, that is an experience that your audience is a part of. And I think right now, more, more than any other time, we are able to reimagine and re-envision and reenact what our reality is going to be. And you get to do that in real time. I love the reimagining. I mean, organizations right now are re-examining their strategies, their structures, right? The pandemic, the convergence of the social forces, unemployment, really put organizational leaders to the task of reimagining a new future. And I think DEI needs to be a component of it. So as we close out today's podcast, really three key takeaways. One, organization commitment to DEI needs to be thought of on a spectrum from awareness to assessment and most critically to action. Second, using innovative techniques such as the Actors Toolkit can help organizations achieve authentic change, and tap into the collective power of all employees. And third, allyship is critical to ensure accountability, responsibility, and sustainability. Again, Maya, thank you so much for your insights. If you're ready to embark on a journey to make meaningful change and create a culture that is diverse, equitable, inclusive, feel free to reach out WLH Consulting is providing consulting services to our clients. And if you want to embark on this journey, check out new book, Change and Thrive, A Modern Approach to Leadership, now available on Amazon. And I'd like to thank you for joining Maya and myself today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you next week.